1: From the Anti Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti Up Poker Cast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker Chris Casenza and Scott Long.
0: It's January 4th, 2019. Happy New Year! You're listening to the best poker cast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. For a second there, it was the year 20,199.
2: Uh, it wasn't on my screen, it was only on yours that way, so. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, of course, we're uh, we're in each other's offices, or in our own offices, I should say, and uh, working on the file, and we're, like, ahead to 2018, so we both corrected at the same time on my screen, and it was like, wow, third's still around. Yeah, my 18, nine was first, years. your nine was second, now you're whining
2: about it being the year <laughs> 2199. <laughs> I can only imagine what the world's going to be like then, Oh man, probably won't be a world then. But.
0: <laughs> well, Happy New Year, buddy.
2: Yes! I think it's going to be a good year, isn't it? I don't think so. Chris always with the optimism folks. Oh
0: yeah that's my thing (laughs) Just feels like it's not Going to be a good year
2: Alright well it's starting off a good year for Annie Up so I'm going to go that way Alright
0: you've convinced me I'm I'm back To being it's a good year
2: (laughs) Alright it's been a busy week For the Annie Up Poker Tour as Atlantis Casino Resort Spa in Reno Nevada Has renewed its contract with us And will host an AUPT August 15th to 25th and the AUPT is coming back home to Florida, Chris! Yay! In just a few short weeks, as the Silks Poker Room at Tampa Bay Downs will host a series February 4th through the 10th. That series features six events, including a seniors event, the monster stack, and a bounty. Culminating with a five-flight, $250 buy-in main event, step satellites for the main start at just $25. And throughout the month of January, players will have numerous chances to make it into the main, with four satellites and high-hand promotions in every single tournament. That will award satellite seats or even main event entries. For a full schedule of details, visit slash silks And here's our full schedule now. With more announcements coming soon, so it's actually not a full schedule.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's okay. It's full schedule right now. It, yeah, right now it's Tampa the full Florida. schedule. As in, uh, it's Tampa the whole Bay thing. Downs in Tampa,
2: Florida, February 4th to 10th, the Aquiva Hotel and Casino near Phoenix, March 23rd to 31st. The Antioch World Championship and Andy at NorCal Classic at Thunder Valley Casino Resort near Sacramento, California, July 6th through the 28th. Atlantis Casino Resort Spa in Reno, Nevada, August 15th to 25th. And Wild Horse Pass Hotel and Casino also near Phoenix, November 11th through the 16th. And I said, we have some of our announcements that we're working on, so hang tight. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, there will be even more on that list.
0: Yeah, it could be a record-breaking year for us. Could have uh, nine events, I think, it looks like. Could be so far. Hope so. Looking good. Nine, right, maybe look maybe 10, 11, maybe one every month. Who knows? Crazy, to think. <laughs> See, I told you 2019 was going to be awesome. It only took us 12 years. Or 14 <laughs> years. <or> 28 years. <laughs> How many years? It seems like that long, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm really excited
2: uh, that it's coming back. It's going to be literally 10 minutes from my house, Chris. Yeah, so. I know
0: it. Amazing
2: to me to think that uh how how long it's been since I've not had to get on an airplane to go uh work an ante up uh, poker tour event and, and now I'll just be able to roll out of bed. Literally roll out of bed and <laughs> get my fat ass all the way down the street to damp me downs <laughs> and and be there for that series. So, yeah, uh, the, one of the things I think, a, a couple things I think are really cool about this, aside from the fact that I don't have to get on an airplane, <laughs> is one the uh, the main event only two hundred fifty dollars. And you know, I love when our partners calls up and talk to us about what they want to do. And there's this thing going on in, in the poker world where you know there's you feel like for a, a main event of something would be of, of stature, it has to be five fifty or eleven hundred or, or sixteen fifty or five thousand, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, what I always tell them is like, it's your event. You do what you want to do. Whatever you think is going to work best for your players and get more people in your room is fine with us. And I like um, when they when they come back with a two hundred and fifty buy-in. I mean, that's affordable for everyone.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: Plus, yes, you know, it's still going to
0: be a big prize, even though it's a small yeah, buy-in. It's still, a big... Yeah.
2: Um, and so not only is it two hundred and fifty, it's five flights too. So you have a lot of chances to get in. But uh, as I mentioned. There'll be a step satellite the first day of the series for $25 to get you into the second step, which is, I believe, $85, um, and that awards main seats. But as I mentioned in the, uh, the intro there, um, every daily tournament there all through the month of January, starting right now, uh, if you get the high hand in level three, you win a main event seat. Nice. So that's pretty amazing. And then uh, <laughs> and then if you get a high hand in the other couple of levels, you get other stuff like that. If you get flushes, you get satellite seats. Uh, if you get a royal flush in a in a tournament during the month of January, you get a main event seat. So lots of ways to get in the uh, to an already affordable tournament um, for free or at very reduced costs. So.
0: And what did you say the guarantee was again?
2: Sixty thousand on the main, uh, ninety five thousand total for the series.
0: Awesome, awesome. Probably um, could
2: an extra five k there and round it out.
0: But. I think the last event we had in Florida was was it? I think it was over at uh, Palm Beach, right? When I went.
2: Yeah, the Palm Beach. We did a we did a derby. We did a Pensacola, maybe Pensacola. Pensacola, was maybe. On. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh, it's been a couple years, so.
0: It's oh nice wow! To have so I'm glad to have work. him back. Maybe another one too. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. This next item pisses me off to no end. I got to tell. Yeah, this outgoing Michigan Governor Rick Schneider surprised everybody. He vetoed a bipartisan online gambling bill. I mean, I I was I was shocked that he didn't pass it. Um, now it's back to the, the state's legislature for next year. But he said it wasn't a good time to expand gambling. When, when is a good time?
2: Well, it depends on who you are. <laughs> for us, it always is. For him, it's not. So. He's leaving. Who does he care? No, no, I think here's why I wasn't surprised, because I think even when we talked about this on last week's show, um, I think I even mentioned that there wasn't any indication yet from the governor which way he was going to go. And I think, unfortunately, because of how – how big the votes were in the house and senate i think a lot of people allowed themselves to believe that it was going to be an easy signature um or thinking hey he's going out of office what does he care like you just mentioned and he would just sign it but um yeah these these outgoing um governors presidents anybody uh they like to hold on to that power until they they have to drag them out of the office right so um that, so it doesn't mean that they're always gonna be pushovers and just sign everything that's put on their on their desk and he decided this wasn't the right time and Vetoed it, and unfortunately, because uh, it's at the end of the the session, uh, now it has to go back through everything next year. Um, now, hopefully, it'll go pretty quickly, um, uh, seeing as it was this year, unless the legislature has changed um, since they passed it a couple of weeks ago. You know, when the new ones comes in, right. um, and then it'll, it'll get back up there, and then hopefully, the new governor will sign it. But uh, no indication from her, from what I can tell, either, of which way she would go on it, either. So. Just have to wait and see, um, but you know, every step forward is three steps back now. It seems like, doesn't it?
0: Yep. And so now we're talking just a matter. This could be a matter of weeks or a few well, months if you wanted it to be, right? I
2: mean, yeah, I'm not an expert on the the Michigan uh, legislature, so you know, some some of these, it just simply goes back to the legislature, and they can override the veto. Uh, the couple articles I read did not give me the impression that that was possible this time, so it made it sound like uh, it was dead, and then that means it just needs to be revised during the next session. I also don't know um, what their session timing is in Michigan. I mean, uh, when I them in Ohio, it was a year-round legislature. Um, and if that's the case, then it can come back pretty quickly. Yeah. Down here in Florida, we have a three-month legislature at the beginning of the year, and then you have to wait another <laughs> nine months at the end of it before you can take up anything. So, um, I probably should have looked into that a bit more, but I uh, imagine our listeners in Michigan have a better understanding of that than we do. So, um, so it's hard to say right now without knowing all that uh, how quickly it might come back or whether it will not come back. You know, like you I, said, know,
0: I mean, I can see people. If you're in office and you're of one party and then the legislature is controlled by the other party and they're doing stuff that you're just morally against and they all pass stuff because they have the the majority and whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm leaving, I'm going to stick it to them or whatever. But I just can't imagine that this isn't a good deal for the the state. And then on top of it being bipartisan. So even your own party wants this and the other party wants it. And then you're going to say, nope, I want to just be a jerk and say no. I think it's too early. I don't think it's the right time or it just to me it's just it's just well, arrogance.
2: I, I will say the one point that he made is I I'm going to stop it saying valid, but I'm going to say is worthy of discussion is that online gambling will uh reduce live gambling in the state. And um that's an interest again, it's an interesting point worth discussing um and you, and we could all think about it in our own lives, what we would do if, you know, we had online poker back now. Would we play that almost exclusively and not go to our local rooms anymore? Would we play it a little bit more? Would it get get us more interested in poker? And then, therefore, we're going back to the poker rooms that we haven't been in in a while. Um, But uh, I think you could make the case that that he's right, that uh, if you can play in your bathrobe at home, Um, You're less likely to go to the Michigan casinos, and you're less likely to go to the Michigan casinos and spend money there. Then then you have to worry about the viability of those and, more importantly, the jobs there. So not defending them, just throwing out that I get that that look at it, um, even though I don't necessarily agree with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a point to that, and there's also the other side, too. Where the casinos could not only embrace it, but also be part of the online, so they'll make the money, and then make it so that it's something where if you win online, you go to their casino, and you know, I mean, there there are ways to embrace it and to and to make it work for each other too. But he didn't see that; he just said, eh.
2: "Well, yeah. yeah." Make no mistake about it: smart companies know how to leverage this to, uh, particularly if uh, the licenses were only going to existing brick and mortar casinos there, which is usually the case in most of the other states um the good ones know how to do that they get get you still make a, a profit online but get you back in there um but you can't say that all of them are good right so yeah. um yeah yeah I, like i said i, I get it uh I, I don't agree with it but i get it so um what my take is the the gaming companies to Uh, Be a little bit more forceful and more vocal about it, and say, "Hey, no, this is this is a good thing for us, and that means it's a good thing for the state." So, but you know, again, Michigan's different than other states. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Detroit—that's a struggle right there, right? Uh, As a city, and you know, the casinos came in and and gave it a a shot in the arm, but you know, if they disappear, then uh, you know, it's not like Florida or some of these other places where you know there's lots of other things going right. So. You know it is a little different market than other places so
0: and when this story came out i was so excited i'm like you know our our awesome uh, where to play editor and of course Land ambassador joe Gatruga, he's like uh, posting this stuff on the Anti up fans facebook page and i'm all excited i'm like hey i'm gonna have to write this up for the magazine why am i gonna have to write it up well because we don't have a michigan ambassador anymore so speaking of that <laughs> if you'd like to be one of our monthly magazine contributors and represent Annie Up in your home area, apply to com slash ambassadors, because right now we have nobody in Michigan, and I'm stuck writing that stuff. So, hey, get off your butt and start writing. And Chris can't write. So, and I'm yeah. terrible at writing. So uh, All right, so other Annie Updates. Our annual Restock the Shells Food Bank initiative with Blue Shark Optics has begun. Here are the venues hosting events this week. Uh, and go to internetmagazine.com slash restock for more details. Lucky Chances Casino in Colma, California get 1,000 units for donating a food item in all weekly tournaments all month long. Pachanga Resort and Casino in Temecula, California you get 500 units for donating a food item and 1,000 for donating three or more in all weekday tournaments all month long. Derby Lane in St. Pete get 5,000 units for donating four food items in every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday tournament all month long. So don't get confused there. It's If you show up on Friday and you donate four, you get 5,000. You have to do it all three tournaments. So yep. Every day you go and do it, you get 5,000 units. Miami Poker Society uh, in Miami get 10 units for every food item donated in any tournament all month long. Heartland Poker Tour at Ameristar East Chicago in Indiana get 3,000 units for donating five or more food items in the Noon Seniors event or the 2PM Big O event on January 9th. Pearl River Resort in Choctaw, Mississippi, get 1,000 units for donating a food item in any weekly tournament, and get a raffle ticket for every food item donated. Seneca Niagara uh, Resort and Casino in Niagara Falls, New York, get a raffle ticket for every food item donated all month. And Bend Poker Room in Bend, Oregon, get more units for donating a food item in every Friday tournament all month long.
2: You did it. You were all worried you couldn't do that. I had
0: faith. <laughs> you know, people want to want to hear me talk for more than 10 seconds. So when it goes beyond that, they're like, change the station. Put on another MP3. You
2: never trust people going to the website and getting more information. So you got to, like, shove it down it the them. gullet like a
0: turkey, right? You got to give it to them. All right. Well, how about we give them some actual poker here? All right. Uh, find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game, and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been? Email us at podcast at annieupmagazine We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo director of poker Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. This week's prize is a 30 minute telephone lesson and workbook from Thomas Gallagher Casino Seminars, specializing in poker odds and math at poker nine one one dot net. Comes from Nick Besser. He was in a multi table no limit Omaha eight table uh, tournament. Sorry. Uh, a dealer add-on for 10 bucks will get you an additional 5,000 units. After a round of play, a new player sits in for a full buy-in. The dealer gives him an already made stack, unknowing that the stacks were set up with the add-on. The dealer gives a new player uh, 5,000 chips for his add-on, so he's starting with 22,000 instead of 17,000. No one at the table catches this, and the player then eliminates someone. What remedies could be made after a few hands have been played and a person was eliminated if someone questions his starting chips?
2: Elliot says, "Uh, No TDA rule deals with this exact situation, but there are any number of TDA rules that are somewhat related but not quite adjacent to the mishap you described. Quoting all these rules would not be particularly helpful here. This situation becomes especially dicey if the extra chips were needed by the new player to eliminate the other player. If the new player did not need the extra chips to call... A bet or, or make a bet to eliminate the other player, removing the extra 5,000 chips is quite simple and would be required for fairness. Otherwise, what is to stop the dealer or tournament directors from giving extra chips to favored players? In this case, let's assume that the extra 5,000 chips were in fact necessary in covering and then eliminating the other player. First, is this was just as was just stated, the extra chips are definitely coming out of play. They were not entitled uh, to the extra chips and no amount of action offered and accepted can change that state of unfairness. Second, the player that lost the pot would uh would be refunded in any amount not covered by the winning player's newly reduced stack. Surveillance may assist here to recreate the action and find the actual totals of the stacks. This process was greatly helped if the wrongly eliminated player were still at the table. If the eliminated player is left, then the five thousand extra chips are removed from the stack and the and the chips erroneously won from the eliminated player are also taken out of play.
0: See, what everyone doesn't know right now is that uh, Scott went to the dentist and has Novocaine. <laughs> so when he tries to say eliminated, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said it three times in a matter of 12 words, and it's hilarious to hear him try to say eliminated.
2: <laughs> if that's the only word that I messed up, then it's a good day at the office for me. <laughs>
0: it is, because usually you I, just mess up words when you're normal, never mind. With at the- I was
2: a 190-pound chipmunk about two hours ago. So. <laughs>
0: Oh man, but yeah, Elliot. Elliot's right. It's such a bizarre thing, you know, situation like that. Well,
2: yeah. Again, it's a it's an unfortunate thing, but then you have to deal with it, right? So, you know, uh, he's right. If the if the player is still at the table, then then you then you can find a way to keep him still alive. That's the preference. But I would imagine at this point the player's already picked up his backpack and put his baseball hat back on the front way and <laughs> went to the uh, craps table, right? And then is out and. And that's unfortunate, but I don't know what else you could do at that point. And like, what are you going to call him on his player club and say, "Hey, come back"?
0: Do you think this falls under the "We're sorry this happened"? There was human error, but it's also your responsibility to check those stacks as well when you're sitting at the table, because we all do what's best for the game. And if, uh, I just wonder if, you, if you think that uh, there's culpability for the people sitting at the table too, since we're all responsible for the game.
2: Um, well, it, it's interesting. I was wondering if Elliot was going to say that because, you know, so many of these call the floors, which I know get players upset, are players' responsibility to understand everything's going on at the table, um, even in cases where it's really hard to understand, you know, like if you're in seat, um, nine and somebody in seat four is having a conversation and it's and it's loud, and you can't hear anything, but you know you still have to find a way to hear that conversation, right? But uh, but he didn't bring it up here, so I don't know about that in this in this case. Okay. Um, I I do think most players do when they sit down. At least at least there's a couple players at every table at every tournament I sit down that actually count their chips and make sure they got the proper amount, right? Yeah, Yeah. Um, and almost 30 times, somebody's I mean, he's like, hey, I don't have enough. And then, and then the dealer recounts, and he's like, yeah, you do. He's like, oh, he's all right, which is always funny, right? Yep. <laughs> so, um, And there's been a number of tournaments I'm in where they've had these add-ons, and then I- I've seen an extra chip get thrown somewhere, and then someone uh, steps up and says, hey, no, he's already got it. And then you look at it, and you're right. Um, So I, I think it's helpful here. I don't know whether this rises to the thing where – when we're at the table that we have to sit there and watch the dealer pass out the chips now this is a little different because we're already playing so everybody's at the table whereas you know you know when you before the tournament starts you come you get your your chip stack then maybe you get up and go get a cup of coffee and come back while before the tournament starts yeah they're not going to be there to see everybody else get their chips but um so it should help a little bit um the one thing I, I'm really curious about here, though, and would make it easier for players to realize this quickly, is that when you do an add-on to most tournaments, it's it's the biggest chip.
0: Yeah, right? it's always a different color. I was just going to say that, too. It's so always you only like something have different. one, yeah.
2: or in this case, maybe you already have one, and then you get a second one of that color. Um, so it should be easier for people, if they're paying attention, to spot it right away, or even the dealer, for that matter. Um I'm gonna guess there 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 was a dealer or a supervisor that was reprimanded after this for setting up the stacks with the add-on already in. Yeah. That's that's pretty much a no no because no yep. you make these um add ons so so juicy to take, there are always gonna be one guy at the tournament that doesn't want that extra ten bucks to come out of his wallet, right? Yep. So so you, you keep those separate and then you don't worry about it. Um so, yeah, I can imagine somebody got in trouble with this, and it hopefully won't happen that anymore but uh you're right I think it would have been easier to see so the fact that the dealer didn't notice it and none of the other players at the table missed it as well too is a little tough to understand um but I don't think that's the case for letting that guy have it or um doing anything other than what Elliot said here in terms of the um the player being knocked out yeah. that's you know unfortunate but Again, it could have been stopped by 9, 10 people, and it, it yeah. wasn't.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we get to complete O'Malley's Move today. Always exciting when we can do that. We're going to refresh our memories here with part one, and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week, we are in our regular $1 $2 game at the casino we frequent. The action has been pretty standard for a 1 2 game. We've been playing for roughly 3 hours and sit up 150 with 350. The table is 9 handed. The blinds post, and the under the gun makes it $15 to go, his standard raise. The under the gun is a lag who has a wide range from almost any position. He could have a premium hand here, any pair, aces through deuces. Broadway cards, any suited ace, and a variety of other combinations. He's been having a good night and sits with right around 600. There's one caller in the MP, and we're in the cutoff with the jack of hearts, jack of clubs. I could play this hand one of two ways. We could raise to define our opponent's range, or call and allow him to c-bet on the flop. I'm pretty sure raising here was the best play, but I elected to call. Everyone else folds, and with a pot of roughly $40, the flop is the 10 of spades, 8 of clubs, tray of diamonds. The under the gun makes it $25 to go, and the MP folds. Once again, I feel like raising is the right move. We have to make a move to define this opponent's range, but I've been getting sucked out on lately and have been playing more timid than usual. Once again, we simply call. With around $90 in the pot, the turn is the Five of Diamonds. Our opponent quickly fires another $60 into the pot. We keep up the timidity and call. With around 210 in the pot, the river is the Four of Hearts. Our opponent shoves almost instantly.
2: So, are we good here, or are we folding? What's the move? I think we called ourselves into a fold here. Uh, we miraculously made it to the river with all undercards. When is the last time that happened with pocket jacks? I don't think it's ever happened to me. <laughs> and uh, we should be feeling good here. Uh, but since we never played back of our opponent, we have absolutely no idea what he has here. It's possible that it's nothing. But it's just as possible that uh, it's a junk two pair, or even a rubbered, rivered straight. Um, I would have pushed back a lot earlier, and I think O'Malley wishes he had two. Uh, but since we didn't uh I think we have to
0: fold here. I'm gonna call you on the miraculous thing uh but uh, <laughs> you know uh, I'm not a believer in stuff like that, but hey, uh, it was very fortuitous for us, Ooh. I think if I'm being completely honest and and when am I not uh, I was gonna
2: say fortuitous, but I had no of
0: you couldn't say it right uh but really i i I just I don't think I could fold here um. I don't it,
2: want to fold, but, yeah, I, I get it. I understand. but It'll
0: uh, likely fall under those, there's no right way to play Jack's category uh, right. uh, comments. But but we had an overpair at the beginning. Didn't get repopped pre-flop. So unless he's caught up somehow with those crappy two hands that you mentioned, I think I'm calling. I, and just, I'm just going to regret the way I played it. But I, I think we're still good here. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, it was a raise before the, the hand. You know what I mean? What cards did this person make two pair on? What cards did this person make a straight with that he would have played it this way? Well, he he
2: was described as a loose, aggressive player who plays a wide range. That's what got me.
0: Okay. It's still a 10-8, Trey, 5-4. Unless it's ace, deuce, or 4-5. But he's betting from the beginning, so I don't know. I just – 10-8, maybe? Uh, I just – I have to – I can't fold here. I I just – I'm not going to – I'm not. I
2: just, we didn't play back, so I don't know. Yeah.
0: So. All right. Well, you know, yeah, forget it. You and your old, <laughs> I want information, you know, you know, whatever. But I think we've got a call here. So here we go. Here's part two. Hello again.
1: There's an axiom in poker that aggressive poker is winning poker. I think I've stumbled upon a new axiom. Timid poker is confusing poker. I just don't know where I stand here. This player's range is wide open. He could have a set two-pair, an over-pair, or complete air. I don't think this is a straight, but I really hate that I did nothing to define this player's range. Knowing what I know about this player, I'd say this is a 50-50 shot, and normally, I don't like putting my chips in on a situation like this. But the timidity has to end somewhere. We begrudgingly call. Our opponent silently tables the ace of hearts, ten of hearts. We flip over our jacks and breathe a sigh of relief. Until next time, I'm Malcolm O'Malley saying calculated, aggressive poker has many benefits. Narrowing your opponent's range is only one of them. I hope to see you
2: on the felt. Well, I think we got pretty lucky here. O'Malley's right. Timid poker is losing poker, and that's the big lesson I'm taking from this.
0: Yeah, and I got to agree with you, too. I, I definitely raised earlier in the hand here, but I still think that was a good call against the Ksenza, You know, <laughs> Unless you're actually playing me. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't don't worry about call. But and
2: I wonder uh, if that was you that he was playing. It could have
0: been. It could have been me. We 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 hang on casinos together all the time. We just don't know each other.
2: If it was you, then I'm definitely calling.
0: But, <laughs> but I, I tell you though that uh, they played like an ace ten. You know, they played like an ace ten, and that's the hand you can put them on. Well, no,
2: you know, he even played like an ace king. So I mean, you're right. I'm like I, I get why you didn't want to fold there. I just oh man, these players that play a lot of hands though. You know, we just sit there and like, okay, I call, I call, I call, and then, then they. It's not surprising when they turn over a weird ten-eight there. So, yeah.
0: you know, sometimes that shove means desperation, even when they are crazy players. It doesn't always have to be. And That's what makes them crazy too. So. True, That's very true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Good, good O'Malley's move this week. Hi, this
1: is Shannon Elizabeth, and you are listening to the Antietam Poker cast
2: All right, it's time for the AdvancedPokerTraining.com Hand of the Week. Send your hands for situations, the podcast at antiUpMagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Our good friend Honda from the cruise is back in the house, Chris. Yeah. And uh, all right, so he's got a little background here. This is a uh, one-two no-limit hold'em hand. Uh, he played at Harris Cherokee during the World Series Poker Circuit stop uh, a couple months ago. Uh, so let me give you the background. You always like to have the background. So you don't have to stop in the middle of the hand and go, if I, I wish I knew. It right. so, uh, says it's a Tuesday afternoon. So he says there are several my people there, which he describes as old retired geezers. Aw. Cool. <laughs> uh, ho- however, mostly due to a misspent youth, I'm still working at 68 years old and took off from work. To paraphrase too longer, I spent uh, most of my money on cheap beer and loose women. The rest I just wasted. <laughs> <laughs> The Big Blind uh, is a player almost o- as old as me, uh, who I played with the day before. He likes to see uh, a lot of flops, but plays pretty straightforward. Earlier, he was discussing the operating cost of his twin-engine playing. Boy, gosh, I do that all the time. Lord tells me to quit doing that, but I just can't help it. Uh, the kid under the gun is in his mid-30s, knows how to play, but definitely not a professional. Uh, I'm in the low jack. Uh, the villain is the newest player to the table, but I've already seen her play several hands. She's a 30-something female in a black hoodie with sunglasses and is on the button. From my observations, this is frequently a dangerous player. Uh, when a young female sits down at the table at a white male-dominated table, she usually has a lot of confidence, and this confidence is the result of a high degree of skill. I think that the 2-5 table might have been full because, uh, because before she arrived, continuation bets were typically 30 to 40. Now she's putting in bets of 100 to 150. Wow. Jeez. I saw her play a big pot where she had called with small cards and made a straight. I played three hands with her. The first one I won with a king high spade flush. Next, I raised with ace queen and checked calling on an eight high flop. When I got no help in the turn, I folded like a cheap suit to her continued aggression. On the third hand, I flopped a king high, king high heart flush, checked, and she checked behind. When the turn was a black king, I bet 20, and she raised to 80. I called, and the river was a horrible five of hearts. I checked with the intention of calling, any bet. If she has the ace of hearts, I would just set the pair off. She paid $120, and I called. She said, I don't know what you have, but I have two pair. I showed my flush and dragged the pot. She knows that if I get if I get to the river, I usually have something. All right, so that's the background. Okay. Uh, it says uh, the villain has $600, uh, and I have 499 The max buying is 200 and we have the table covered. The kid under the gun makes it 11 And and uh, we are in the low jack. Uh, with what he calls the Chris Casenza special King Jack Offsuit.
0: <laughs> oh, man. First of all, does he know he has four ninety nine because there's a huge stack in front of him with all these crazy stacked chips? Um, I mean, that's a pretty specific number.
2: Uh, that's what he says, so...
0: Uh, all right, and so I'm uh, the King Jack Offsuit for some reason. I I don't know why. Um, yeah, I yeah. am
2: Maybe you played uh, King Jack against him on the cruise.
0: And, uh... Uh, I, I know. I, maybe that could be it. But I know I'm folding. So I'm letting it go. Sorry. I, I'm not going to give you any analysis from here on until I need to. But <laughs> I'm not playing King Jack off uh, in what the low jack seat when somebody rays under the gun. So I'm out of here.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I hate this hand more than any hand out there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm done with it. Uh, maybe King Ten's worse, but uh, but uh, no, I'm, I have no desire to play this um, uh, when somebody else is already raised, um, especially from under the gun, so I'm
0: out. Yep, sorry. And you know, the first time I ever played King 10 suited with, in my life in a casino, I lost like $85. <laughs> so, first hand I ever played in a casino in my life was Best King Jack. That's the thing that happened to you. I'm mean, King 10, yeah, it was King 10, it wasn't King Jack though, so, but yeah, but then okay. once it taught me a lesson, so...
2: You flop two pair and win that hand, you flop a straight and win that hand, then you think it's invincible, and then you lose a lot more money later on. So. Yeah, so I was lucky. Better, better to touch the hot stove at age three than at age six. <laughs> All right, he doesn't say whether he calls or not, but I'm going to assume he does, because uh, then he goes on and says that the villain calls uh, from the button, small blindfold, and the big blind calls. With $45 in the pot after the rake's taken out, the flop is queen of spades, ten of hearts, five of spades and the the under-the-gun kid bets
0: $40. Well, I mean, now we're in it, right? I mean, there's a lot of money in that part. And we have an open ended straight draw. Uh, Both hands would be the nuts, I think, right, if we hit it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just take my time and call. The problem is that it might look like it's a flush draw, and if something comes on a turn, we're going to be facing a huge bet, I think. So, you may want to try something different and raise here to try to get yeah, that free really card. Right, yeah. Yep. Of course, they so shove the on thing you. Thing. Then you, you know, you got backdoor draws too. I'm assuming he has a spade in his hand. Um, uh, but uh, okay, so let's uh, let's try something different. Let's raise here. Let's make it like 120.
2: Yeah, I think you have to here. I mean, we uh, we have nothing now. We just have the the straight draw. But you're right. We have spades that we have to dodge uh, before we get our made hand. We've got players behind us uh we gotta play it under the gun um unless he had pocket queens um we're like really uh live here i mean we're still live via pocket queens but um uh, at this point yeah i want to get isolated against that that one guy and um and then hopefully maybe even get a free card uh, although i probably wouldn't want to take a free card on the turn but i'd like to control this pot to the end and, and hopefully hit that straight and um
0: I'm going to change the amount The amount that I normally would raise, though. I really think like a min-raise here, because I don't think we're going to get somebody to fold if they have anything, but I think the other people would get out for 80 or 85 or 90 rather than making it 120. I don't think there's any reason to make it that much here. I mean, unless the person missed it completely, but if they missed it completely, they're probably going to fold for 45 more or, you know, 50 more anyway. Um, instead of going the full bore 120 or 150 or something, I think I could probably get away with making this 90. And either I'm going to win it with 90, or I'm going to get heads up. I'm going to get the desired effect. I think so. I don't think I'm going to go the full 120 or 130 or something. That's just not. I don't think that's needed here.
2: Yeah, I think I'd go somewhere in between. I think 100 is probably what I would do. I don't really know why. Just it seems like a nice even.
0: Yeah, that might be right too. You know, but it's not the full 120 or whatever. Radius. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So
2: we decide to call, and uh, the button makes it 140 to go to oh. the raising for us all right uh Jeez. the big blind and the under the gun both foldings back on us
0: that's interesting so the the guy who started the hand obviously did a continuation bet and missed probably had might have had ace king um could have had unders could have a pair of nines or something
2: yeah boy ace king
0: i probably that'd be a tough foot well I, nah, know, I, could fold yeah, but- I could fold ace king yeah i could fold ace king there um all right. Well, that's what we were, you and I were thinking of raising it, too. So, uh,
2: well, not quite that high. but.
0: Yeah. Well, I, mean, we're, I mean, we were thinking of raising. Okay. I mean, so now it's just... That's for- interesting,
2: because one of the things that, that you were thinking about when we were raising is that we wanted to shut everybody else out, so we were in position in the hand, right? Yeah. Um, and then when we were positioned, then we'd have to keep up the betting regardless of what came, right? So...
0: Um well, you could check and get the free card. that was the point of the race too was that you right, could get I don't that river free I
2: do that with spades out there so that's yeah. the difference. but uh, but now now it's a little interesting now you could probably make this call and check your check on the turn and control the betting a little bit depending on what comes <laughs> i mean it's the same situation though you don't want that spade to come, but you know it, we're we're raising here on the come with a the straight then doesn't mean that the villain's not raising on the come with a flush, right so yeah. Um that's the danger here. I mean we don't know exactly what we're up against here now. And we're out of position, so
0: Yeah. It's I mean I don't know if you can control the betting, but you can make your decision after that person will bet. You know, I mean you could you could bet, but if you check, you know, you're leaving yourself open to them just shoving on the turn now and then you've you know what I mean? It's eh I don't know. I, I agree, though I, I don't think I'm not going to bet any more than this. There's no way I'm going to re-raise again. There's, no, no. It, it got the desired effect. We know we're going to be heads up. It's just a little more than we were going to want to put in the middle. But so I'll probably call here. It's a lot to call for a straight draw, though.
2: Yeah. So here's my question. I'm not opposed to calling. I probably would, but um, if I call, I think I have to hit my straight on the turn to continue, don't I?
0: Maybe. Unless now, like I said, I don't know if he has a spade. It, unless in his hand. he
2: checks behind, if it's check check. Then obviously, which I mean is a possibility that it can happen. I mean, if if the villain's raising on a flush draw here and there's no spade that comes and doesn't complete the straight, then we check. They check behind, and then we just have to hope to dodge that spade and and maybe hit something. It like king high, but. Um, but if not, if they're if they're raising with a legitimate hand here and we missed our straight on the turn, now it's going to be what, two eighty, three twenty in the pot. Um the next raise, the next bet's gonna be at least one sixty, if not more, right?
0: Yeah. I guess and if a spade uh, comes maybe and we have the king of spades. I don't know what our starting cards are. Yeah, that's right. It's a king jack off.
2: Didn't say whether one was a spade or not. I assume if one of them was a spade that would have been mentioned, right? But
0: that's the deal. If I have a spade, then it's like, okay, well, if a spade comes on a turn, I'm not done with it. If nothing, if I don't have a spade and nothing comes on a turn, then I'm done with the hand. Um, so I might make a call here, just that one chance of making the straight. And then he's maybe his opponent is thinking you were calling for 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 a flush. So when a non spade hits our straight, we get paid off big time. Um
2: yeah, yeah that'd be the,
0: so, the world there, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, it might be worth the call in hundred, since we were you and I were willing to make it about a hundred anyway. You know, it's only 40 more than what we were yeah, thinking about. Yeah,
2: it's an idea. interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, it's only 40 more than we were already going to put into it. We're just putting it in in a different right, order. Right. So, All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Honda says, I'm not that smart, so I call leaving me 348 behind. All right, well, we're apparently all dumb here. but. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, he said, obviously you have an open end a straight draw and a backdoor flush draw. oh so he does have the backdoor flush draw.
0: oh so he does a spade okay I don't know what high, height if it's the king or the jack but either way it's still a pretty decent flush
2: that helps a little bit more right yeah, yeah. Um, in a Marley Cordero vlog he says poker is like a first date if I have a chance for a backdoor I'm not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what? that has got to be the dirtiest thing ever said on our show what the hell you've gone 15 years on this show and you're talking about backdoor dates what the hell? What have we eroded to?
2: I, I, I think you're thinking the worst there. Geez. Well, what's the best? I don't know. A chance to get well, out. No, I, I have a chance to get door out of what? the date later on by sneaking out the back door. <laughs> Might as well see where it's going, right? Oh, I your Midwest naivete is really... a chance <laughs> to take a look at another card, and we still have a chance to get out. So, yeah.
0: Such Midwest naivete, I tell you. <laughs> it's Unbelievable.
2: Oh, man. Um, uh, so he says, I call 100. I still don't know why Chris says King Jack is a trap hand. Well, maybe we'll find out here. <laughs> well, an ace or a nine on the nice. turn would be great, uh, but it's the eight of spades. So our board now is queen of spades, ten of hearts, five of spades, eight of sp- or spades. Eight of spades. Eight of spades. Yep, sorry. Get back and figure out where to
0: now. Nah. Well, we picked up a backdoor flush draw, and we had the – Do we have what, what spade do we have? Do we say it?
2: Uh, so, it's still a mystery. Yeah, still a mystery. All right,
0: so we still have a spade, so we have a backdoor flush draw, we have an open and straight draw, and there's a ton of money in the pot. So, I'll check. I'm not gonna bet, but if they want to bet and shove, I don't know, maybe they bet a little bit and then we shove. I don't know.
2: Yeah, Um, well, we feel a little bit better now if we check and they check behind, because now uh, the spade doesn't necessarily, um, the spade's actually a good thing at that point, maybe. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, definitely not gonna bet here. I'm gonna check and... Well, I don't know. Hold on. Yeah, we go back and we were thinking that maybe they put us on spades, right? Yeah, that's what we got to figure out is, is what what is our opponent putting us on here? If we if we thought he called, if we think he called, uh, we he thinks that we called because we're on a on a spade. We still wouldn't bet here, right? We, right, we still check. And then maybe we'd have to check raise. Um, so that's going to be the challenge. If we check here and the villain bets, what do we do then? Right.
0: Yeah, you could raise because you're representing the hand and get them to fold. It's just whether or not you believe they're the ones that don't have the spades. And
2: maybe I wouldn't do that. Maybe I would check, I would call the bet, and then then, then if you did that, you check, check called, you would have to come out betting on the river to represent their hand, right? You couldn't just check again on the... Unless he's playing his old man card, you know. <laughs> I mean, hey, let's be honest here. I mean, he was he's honest about the old people too. Oh my. like... They're more likely to to check all the way down and then turn over that big hand, so well, he would it, have to know what, what this perception is at the table, though, because he's a little smarter player than...
0: I, I might be a little worried just because the way this person played so far, it could very well be that they have the nut flush. Exactly. Right? They came into a raising hand in position. I know, raising pot, I mean, in position. They flop a flush draw and raise the under-the-gun better after a caller in between... People, mm-hmm. people love to raise their flush draws, especially when they're in position and they flopped it—the nut flush draw. Now it gets there. If we check and then they bet, I don't know if I'm going to raise because how do I know I'm not already drawing dead? Right. Right. I could be drawing dead on both fronts—the straight, obviously, and even our flush won't be good if somebody has the ace of spades. So.
2: Well, yeah, and if we're if we're reasonably sure or we feel it's a reasonable. Sh- Reasonably sure that we're already drawing dead, then we're not going to call right, it either. We just right? So,
0: yeah. <clears throat> so I'm I'm not sure what I'm going to do on this turn now. Dispersing bets.
2: All right. Well, the villain does uh, we check, and the villain does bet 150.
0: Ooh. <sighs> Here's the deal. <clears throat> you really got to know your read here. You really have to know how this player is playing, and if this player has you beat at this time and you can't get them to fold. Like, if it's a one-pair hand, you know what I mean? If the way their betting pattern shows is what they've done in the past, which just a pair, you might get them off the hand with a shove here. If you believe they played it like a flush, then they could have the flush, and you could be drawing dead, and you'd have to get out. Something tells me that I would either I would either raise or fold. I don't think I'm calling anymore. <clears throat> So I'd have to go with my read. If my read is that this person is just spilling chips, they've got, I think they said 600 when the hand started. And
2: Well, and our raise would have to be a shove because we only got 348 behind. I mean, what's our raise <laughs> going to be here? I mean, a mid-raise would be 300. Right, so that's what I meant, just shove. All in. So, yeah, so it would be a shove. So the problem with the shove here is if they do have the ace high, then then we're dead, right? The river card is meaningless now. right. Um, and you normally like to leave yourself an out on
0: these situations. So,
2: yeah, I think you're right. You really just, this is a gut check moment
0: now here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not calling. I'm folding or, I'm probably 90, 10 folding. And then the 10% of me saying, no, nah, I think I'll take a chance here and shove.
2: But, yeah, because uh, you're right. It's a call. I mean, there's no car that's going to come <laughs> on the river that's going to make my life easier, right? Right. It's another spade.
0: Um, I'm worried about the ace spades.
2: Yeah, and our spades the king, which we don't know, right? But right, right. I, I guess that would be that that would be a scenario, <laughs> where obviously I would feel better. But uh, but I'm assuming right now that uh, yeah we're already thinking fifty fifty. This person has the ace high flush, so spades not going to help us uh, necessarily. And then if they have the ace high flush, straight's not going to help us. So I, I really don't know what's going to change my mind here on this river. So
0: yeah, I really have to. Uh... I Really have to know this person doesn't have a flush, and even then, if they have just the naked ace of spades, they might still call your shove. So,
2: oh, yeah, probably you know? this much. And he has this covered, she has this covered, yeah,
0: yeah. She yeah. has ace queen with the ace of spades, you know. And we're, we because I'm assuming we have the king of spades here, I don't think it's a jack because you don't kind of say I got a backdoor flush draw with the fourth card of the deck, you know. What I mean, he basically probably has the king of spades, so you know it doesn't matter either way. I I think that if this person has ace queen with ace of spades, we're, we're screwed. Um,
2: yeah. So I think you're right. I think if, if we are fairly convinced that we're up against the made flush, obviously we've got to fold. And if we're not fairly convinced of that, then we have to show. So there's no in between.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to fold.
2: Yeah. I, 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 feel that just, that's kind of the way it's going here. So, but maybe it's weak, but yeah. you know, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. All right. He says, I know she has a strong hand, like two pair or maybe a set of fives. Uh I would still like to win the hand, but I don't think I can count on my maximum fifteen ounce once, so I decided to try and increase my chances with my remaining fold equity, so after a short pause I announced, well, I guess I'm all in and move my stack forward. There. Wow. Villain asks the dealer for a count, and after a quick count she declares it's 198 more. She says 198 more. The dealer confirms 198 more. <laughs> uh glad it wasn't something more wimpy sounding. <laughs> He says, I could see her running through all the possibilities. I could have queen 10, pocket 10s, uh, ace X of spades, jack 10 of spades, maybe a jack 9. Pocket queens, pocket 8s are less likely. Uh, But he's a geriatric rec player that timidly played a king high flush and couldn't possibly be bluffing me. Uh, After an excruciating two to three minute tank, she folded uh, two pair of the Honda hand, queen of diamonds, five of diamonds, face up and quietly left the table.
0: Wow. Why would you play Queen Five there?
2: Playing the players, I guess, right? Wow.
0: So I guess uh, when somebody makes an eleven under the gun, and you're the you got some caller a caller in between, and you're the the button, you say Queen Five uh, suited, sure.
2: Yeah, it's not in the book, but I think uh, this player is really good. Then she knows the players, right? So we don't know much about the. The, the kid that raised, you know, so maybe he's been doing that pretty often and thought that maybe she'd she catch something. And that's a great flop for Queen 5, is yeah, it? Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's it. So she's saying, I'm just playing the players, not the hand. But now, in this case, I hit the hand, and I'm going to play it hand, accordingly. and then
2: Played it strongly. I mean, raised 140. She wanted to shut it down right there, and then uh, Honda got a little stubborn, right?
0: Yeah. Wow, that and I I would fold too, I guess, in that situation because it seemed like Honda played it like a flush draw.
2: Yeah, like a flush, right? Yeah. And we're talking about so.
0: So she's drawn to just the the queens and the in the fives for a boat. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. wow, nice, nice. Make we were right though. Either make her fold. Get the good read or fold yourself. You know, and you couldn't just call there. Because you just call there, you don't know what comes in there. You still could make your flush, but then you're not really strong uh, to know it's good enough. You know, I, I, I just, yeah, wow. 198 more did it. Wow. He's lucky. Yeah, well, I mean, he's lucky she had that to hand.
2: A little short show, so he's got a little story here. I might as well finish out. It says, Queen 5 is called the Honda Hand because up until the fall of 2007, I had only played free bar games poker. While in Vegas, I played my first real money tournament, a $75 sit-and-go with the Mirage. playing as good or bad as your average (laughs) card game player. My stack had dwindled to about half the starting stack. From middle position, I get queen five off and thought, cool, a face card! I'll call! (laughs) The button goes all in for a full stack, and the small blind calls with just a little less folds to me, and I think, well, my friends are waiting for me to go to dinner, and I do have a face card! I call. The button has ace-king, the small blind has king-queen. I know enough to know that I'm not in great shape, but the flop is eight high with one five. The turn is a jack and the river's a deuce. I triple up, and the button is livid. He <laughs> me relentlessly and tells me he hopes I'm playing cash afterward. The next hand, I get jacks and take out both players from the previous hand. <laughs> One that thinks I probably don't have anything. Now the massive chip leader and the fellow to my right says, I don't suppose you want to chop? I don't know what that means, so I tell him I'm good. <laughs> a few hands later, I win the tournament. I treat my friends at dinner and skip the cash game. Fast forward a few years. And in my home game, whenever Queen 5 comes out, uh, everyone yells, Queen 5! I frequently get involved in hands where I raise with something like King King and get called with players with Queen 5. (laughs) They they just want to beat me with my hand. I just tell them that when I have Queen 5, I win. And when you have Queen 5, I win. I guess our villain didn't get the memo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like when I have Ace 10. Except it's the other way around. When I have Ace 10, I lose. And when they have Ace 10, they win. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Funny story. So I'm assuming you probably played in like it was a sit-and-go Right. Oh, you need to say, oh, you did say that, right? It you was a right? 75,000. Year. That's right. Okay. Uh, that's pretty funny. But, uh, see, it pays. Aggressive poker wins poker. And while O'Malley's move was passive and he won, we all agree there that we probably should have been a little more aggressive back then. And, and that's what Honda did here, and it paid off. He got lucky. I mean, he still could have won on the river. Um, but, again, we weren't sure how strong he could have been with that if it was the King of Spades, you know, because yeah. the, the other player was playing like they had a spade too. So very ballsy move, but it paid off.
2: Yeah, huh? Poker's not for the timid as O'Malley. Learn.
0: And uh, apparently it's for making dirty jokes in the middle of our show <laughs> that I didn't know that were coming. But uh, <laughs> Hey everybody, hope you have a great new year. I'm Chris Casenza, And I'm Scott Loggs. We'll see you at the tables. Antiup
1: is a production of magazine.com Contact the show at podcast at antipagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at anteatmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music
2: Network.